Last week, we talked about the consolidation in the gold space and the juniors. We asked if it was over. It appears that is the case. We'll go over the election, the reactions, some outcomes, some consequences, what it means for the country, what it means for your money. We'll talk about who won. We'll talk about who apparently lost. And we'll talk about some Bitcoin. A lot to get to. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. This is episode 93 of Bizarro World. Nick, before I ask you how you are, I have to admit, I did not know if we were going to be able to pull today's podcast off. Why is that? Because my president told me that if it appeared Biden was going to win, there would be no electricity, there will be no heat, winter would be here. And then I thought, well, I still have electricity and I still have heat. And it does appear Mr. Biden is on his way to a victory. And then I thought, well, now I can go outside because my president, Trump, told me that there would be a vaccine ready by November the 3rd. But I checked my mailbox and I didn't get the vaccine. Did you? I got no vaccine either. Man. And then I looked and I said, well, look, you know, I I shouldn't be selfish. Um, I'm sure everybody's happy that they got you know, their follow-up stimulus payment that, that, that my president Trump had been promising everybody. Um, but I checked with some people that were eligible for that and they didn't get that either. Do you know of anyone that received their stimulus? Uh, not in the form you're talking about. Wow. Wow. Bummer. All right. Well, anyway, how are you doing, Nick? How was your week? I have been <laughs> thoroughly entertained. Uh, popcorn <laughs> is at the ready. And if you know me, which you do, um, this is my like daily soap. So it's been pretty good. So let's start by, by trying to, well, let's start with an overview. It appears that it is clear, at least to me, that Mr. Biden, who as of right now, and this is Friday, 3.30 Austin time, 1.30 Washington state time. It, it appears that Mr. Biden will handily take Georgia or Pennsylvania, I should say, He's ahead in Georgia. That looks good as well. But the bottom line is nothing else really matters other than Pennsylvania. If he wins Pennsylvania, he gets past 270 and he is he is your next president. Um, has anything surprised you this week? Um, lots of things, I think, have surprised me. I was... Um, Surprised that it was as close as it was. Uh, you and I talked at, for a couple of reasons, I guess. Um, and, and I'm no election expert, but you and I both said that we thought Mr. Trump was going to uh, win the election. We thought the polls were uh, wrong as they were in 2016. And we talked a lot about the enthusiasm that uh, Mr. Trump seemingly had behind him that Mr. Biden lacked. And Um, So I guess I'm surprised in the outcome. I really did think that Trump was going to win and I didn't think it was going to be uh, this close. So it's a surprise. Yes, of course. Uh, Other surprising things are Georgia being tentatively uh, blue. You know, the the dialogue now is all about Stacey Abrams and what she's been able to do in in Georgia. Arizona went blue um, as well. The ghost of, of John McCain, the soldier who got captured, who Mr. Trump doesn't like because that showed weakness, right? Coming back to haunt him. And so, uh, there were lots of surprises. I'm surprised it's taken this long to get an answer to be frank. I mean, the election was days ago. How long does it take to count the, uh, 
the the ballots. I think that was a a, a bit of a surprise. And so I'm with you. I mean, at this point, I think when people listen to this podcast, Biden will have claimed victory and, and been uh, declared the the victor. Um, I'm surprised if you want me to keep going. Absolutely. I want much, you to keep going. <laughs> at, at how much people think um, this actually matters for mm. uh, policy and, and their pocketbook. And I'm surprised mm. that after being let down by Obama, um, eh, that, that this generation still thinks there's uh, hope for this class of politicians and Frankly, I'm surprised that um, people get this worked up about uh, elections and partisan politics. I mean, I saw friends of mine getting uh, bent out of shape, certainly on both sides, and in fact, getting dressed up in garb. Uh, One gentleman I went to high school with wore a shirt to go vote and then subsequently posted it on social media that said, not today, Biden. (laughs) And so, um, you know, I just... uh, those are most of my surprises, I guess. But uh, how about you? What do you think about What do I think? I think electorally when all the votes are counted, and, and let me say this, um, whether you voted for Mr. Trump or Mr. Biden, um, that's, you know, that's our democracy, our experiment with democracy, our attempt at it. Um, it's one of, you know, voting is one of our most sacred institutions. Um, every vote should be counted, no matter who you voted for. If you feel that every vote should not be counted, you're an asshole. (laughs) This goes for people on the left and it goes for people on the right and people like me that are in between. We count votes in America. That's just how it goes. And you don't get to have it both ways when it comes to voting, right? So let me just get that out of the way. And so um, surprises. I, I actually have been surprised about... The electoral dominance. I have to put it that way if the numbers hold up. I mean, Nevada, Arizona, if it holds, Georgia, if it holds, um, Pennsylvania, which looks clearly like it's going to hold. I mean, by the time the votes are tallied up, there is a chance that Biden gets to 300 electoral votes. Did Mm -hmm. not see that in the cards. Absolutely did not see that in the cards. Um, I'm also surprised, as you were, by the turnout. I'm encouraged by the turnout from both sides, the Republican and the Democrat side. I like that people went to the polls and people mailed in their ballots. Mailed um, in. Let's talk. Yeah, that's an important point. Not necessarily went to the polls, but people for the first time were seeing the possibility of mail in, which you know is it's weird and not to cut you off sorry i'll no, get no, back no. to you in a second um you know some states like oregon have been vote, voting by mail for 20 years and so some east coast states to think that was weird or to think it could be manipulated or it's not viable that was just a whole weird sort of side issue to me absolutely but anyway it should be more encouraged i guess was my point and i'm even for online voting but that's a whole nother topic um but yes, the turnout was awesome. The turnout was incredible from both sides. Um, I agree with you. And we joked off air briefly before I said, no, 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 no. Let's save it for the podcast that, you know, it, it is incredible to me um, that, that, that people really are this invested 
um, into the result. I understand it's important. I'm invested in the result um, for, for different reasons. But as far as change goes, structural fundamental change in this country, this isn't going to provide that. And we'll know soon if Mr. Biden, again, surprises me, comes in and says, Pelosi and Schumer, you guys are out of here. You guys aren't leading the party anymore. It's time to move over. And and Mr. Biden acts as a bridge for that fourth turning, the new batch of ideas from the new, young, energized Democrats and libertarians. I will be extremely encouraged about the next four years. And we'll get to the stock market in a minute um, and, and the implications there with taxes and, and how that looks. But just societally, generationally, if if that's what happens, I'll be encouraged. I'll be surprised. I'll tip my hat to the man and I'll say, good on you. I do not think that will be the case. I, I, I Power just doesn't, you know, see power, you know, it just doesn't happen that way. It doesn't do so willingly. It must be taken. And so I'm really curious to see what the young guns in the in, in the Democratic Party have to say over the next couple of months as Mr. Biden prepares, you know, his cabinet and his staff and, 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 and you know, who's going to be Speaker of the House and all of that. That will be very, very, very interesting to me. Um, I also want to take two seconds to say fuck you to Mr. Trump's kids with the exception of Ivanka. Um Eric and Don Jr., you're some crying babies, man. And 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 you know what? I've made mistakes in life. You've made mistakes in life, Nick. My kids have made mistakes in life. We all make mistakes. But I actually believe that the videos that they are retweeting and the conspiracy theories that they're pushing, I actually believe they know better. It's why I get so frustrated with a guy like Ted Cruz. Because there's a difference between being an idiot and being manipulative. And to be sure, there's manipulation on both sides. But one side, apparently, the right, and, 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 and you know, again, these are the president's children. These are people that are close to the administration, have been peddling for the past three days just straight-up Looney Tunes conspiracy theories that are meant to incite everyday Americans to turn on each other while they sit back in their you know, self-built wall, which is the most ironic thing in the world to me, that Donald Trump is behind a wall that he built himself in front of the White House, a non-scalable wall is how they put it. And guess what, Donnie? Ain't nobody trying to scale your wall. They're going to get your ass out of there one way or the other. Nobody's rushing to get you. Nobody cares about you. I find that ironic. But yeah, a big fuck you to Eric and Don Jr. Um, they know better. I know they know better. They're, they're, you know, I don't, I don't agree with a lot of their positions, but I know they're not, you know, they're, 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 they're not ignorant to the extent of the stuff that they're pushing around. And I don't like division being sown unnecessarily. And that's exactly what they're trying to do. They are trying to incite. Um, and Mr. Steve Bannon, you can get a fuck you too. Um, they're trying to incite violence between Americans and you know what? There's, there's, it's, it's a little different if you're actually going to participate in the fighting and the shooting. But when I know you're not, yeah, you know, you're going to be, be in your penthouse, you know, mansion, sitting back, just watching it on TV with your security. That, that, that's disheartening, and it angers me a little bit, to be frank. Well, they certainly know better. Um, I'm still thinking about you using young and energized in the same sentence with Joe Biden. Incredible! Uh, incredible! In, in, incredible, but again, he got the vote out. I, 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 I was surprised, and 
And look, you can you can you can disagree the way that I do with with some of his proposals. Um, and I disagree with some of Mr. Trump's proposals. And, you know, politicians are politicians. It's not like they're my favorite types of people in the world. But I, I, I do think there's a potential if he uses the momentum he has um, for an energized discussion within the Democratic Party. It won't look like this in four years, Nick. I can promise you that. I'm interested, like you, to see how it plays out. You were saying you're interested to see if, you know, he can bridge the gap to that younger part of the, the party. We'll have to see. I mean, uh, if this was the fourth turning, uh, it's been a little light on the the violence, to be honest. I know it was a, a crazy summer, but um, and not just the violence, the the bottoming of economic cycles and other things that we haven't quite seen yet. What I think is that um, Joe Biden presides over the the bottoming, basically, of a generational cycle. And so um, we'll see what we get next. But um, you're right. I mean, all we can do is wait and see uh, how he steps up to to fill that role. And, uh, well, that's what it's all about. That's what we're here to do. I will say this as far as, you know, the violence and the lack of it thus far, which is great to see. I, I, I don't want to see Americans shooting Americans, stabbing Americans while the, you know, the elites are sitting again behind their penthouse walls, having cocktails together, laughing about, you know, uh, the whole thing. Um, so, so that's a good thing. But I will say this. I'll caution that there's still a formal decision to be made. Um, and I'll caution that there's still the reaction from the president. Um, and I don't underestimate, you know, the, the radicalized part of his base um, and, 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 and the potential there. And so, yeah, it'll be in, it, the next week is going to be interesting. But I don't I don't look at this and what's happened so far and say, oh, that went well, because I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure it's not completely over the volatility. Right. I, I'll give you an example. You know, I live just outside of Austin. Austin is a very liberal city. Texas is a very conservative state, as everyone knows. I live in a suburb just outside, 15 minutes outside of downtown Austin that tends to lean more on the conservative side of it. And, you know, we had friends invite us to the town square. And I said, you know what, with the election, I don't want to be out in the town square right now for the simple fact that I don't want to hear, you know, the I, I don't want, I want to avoid the potential for something or someone to say something to someone else and, and something escalates and be in the middle of that because it is still kind of delicate. I, 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 don't, I, don't think the, 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 I don't think we should call it game over on the lack of violence or lack of volatility um, once it's formally announced that he's lost. Um, whether or not he concedes or not, I think that's when we'll really see the, the if anything happens, and I hope nothing happens, um, that's when it's going to happen, I think. And what's going to happen with the uh, ardent Trump supporters? You know them, and and I know them. The um, you know the MAGA folks. The we're going to be we're going to be poor if Biden gets elected, folks. The driving around with flags in the back of their pickup truck, folks. So what's what's going to happen to those folks? They'll still be able to buy guns legally. No one's going to take them. Um, they're still going to get a stimulus check. As soon as they agree to one, because, you know, more stimulus is coming. Um, life will go on, guys. And guess what? Even if Donald Trump had one, life would go on. Yes, it would go on differently. You know, there are some clear differences between the two parties in regards to, you know, 
uh, LGBTQ rights and and you know immigration. There's clear differences there. Um, but again, there there isn't going to be this drastic change in 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 policy. It's just not who Joe Biden is. I'm counting on the platform, the Democratic platform. I'm counting on that platform to enable new, young, better ideas. And on the right, on the right, and in the Libertarian Party, I'm counting on if if, if you know Biden does run up the the the, the score. And, and gets near 300 electoral votes. I'm counting on the right to kick, you know, the, the the career politicians that have been doing the same way. Trump is right in a sense about, you know, Joe Biden being in office for 46 years. And, you know, it was Obama that built the cages and, and enabled um, the Trump administration to bring in somebody like Stephen Miller and Steve Bannon and, and, and you know, uh, create and be the architects of this very abusive and hostile immigration policy without putting forth any kind of comprehensive immigration policy. Um, it, it was the Obama administration that 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 lied about um, pushing that through. They pivoted to healthcare and they tried to get along with Republicans for two years and did absolutely nothing. So I am hoping that on both sides and on the libertarian side of it, and we'll talk libertarians in a minute, um, that that there is real change. And dissension. I want to see the AOCs continue to challenge the Nancy Pelosi's and say, you don't get it. I want to see the people on the right challenge McConnell and say, you don't get it. It's why you lost. I want to see, you know, the Marco Rubio's of the world start, start getting pushed out of the party. You no, know, you had your chance. You were young. You had a large following. You still have a lot of support. And all you've done is kissed ass for four years. You haven't done anything innovative. I hope there's young Republicans listening that, that, that say, I am a young Republican, but that doesn't represent what my party should look like. And I hope on the left, it's the exact same thing. And by God, I hope libertarians get it together. <laughs> that was a poor showing in, for organizational uh, Nick, campaign fronts. Nick, not only was it a poor showing, this is our time to shine. This was, listen, you have a president who wants you to stop counting in one state and keep counting in the other. And somehow this guy has mobilized his, his, his base to argue both positions. And I haven't heard, with the exception of Justin, <laughs> on a first name basis with Justin. He's yep. been great, right? Uh, he's been fantastic the whole way through, even primaries, the whole thing. Outside of him, I haven't heard any of the so-called libertarians speak about you know, the sacredness of, of the right to vote and counting every vote and, and, and everything that comes with that. There's so many attacks on the traditional institution that in a, in a lot of senses, I, I disagree with, but you don't, you don't, you don't go after the vote and I haven't seen them speak up against it. Um, maybe I missed it. Maybe I'm not, you know, I, I try to get my news from different sources and have friends across all political, you know, spectrums there. And I just haven't seen it. I haven't seen the outrage um, that I would imagine the Libertarian Party would have given the circumstances right now. Have you seen it? I have not seen it. And I'll say a couple of things. Um, it outrages me as a Libertarian. Yep. Um, of course, I think every vote should count for all sides as long as it was cast uh, legally, I'd also say that I'm not sure who the prominent libertarians are. I mean, does anyone even know who Joe Jorgensen is? Um, I mean, we got, you know, Gary Johnson, of course, but 
uh, libertarianism as a philosophy is one thing, but libertarianism as a as a party is is something else. And the latter, um, I'm not sure what's going on with it. You know, I'm not involved with it really on a on a party front. I'm more of a libertarian in philosophy, right? I vote across Correct. the ballot and for Republicans and Democrats, um, yep. depending on the office and what their uh, viewpoints and, and policies and ideas are. And so. Um, Another thing is that I think libertarianism has sort of been given a, a bad name in the past, well, couple of years, but certainly this year, and that has been usurped a little bit by uh, the Trump administration and, and some of his supporters as far as the, uh, you know, militias and, and things are concerned, which we've seen in, in Michigan and elsewhere, right? Mm. And so um, <laughs> I've said a couple of times, you know, I see these, these, these counter protesters out there. Um, that are in support of the police or that go to support the police, just like the kid in uh, Wisconsin, right? Um, that are going to support the, the state suppression of peaceful protest while simultaneously flying don't tread on me flags. And mm. um, it makes my brains want to implode. And I, I don't know if you followed me there, but the don't oh, yeah. tread on me flag... The don't tread on me flag doesn't mean you go and support your government as they try to suppress other people. That's not what that's about. And so um, I, I think uh, I'm not sure if libertarian is lost, but I think libertarianism has been a bit uh, usurped and that has put just a, a cloud over it. I mean, that's just what I think. It was a it, it was a, a colossal missed opportunity. And it continues to be, you know, it, and continues to be. I felt like the party and, and the practice of the philosophy really had an opportunity to shine and has for for weeks on end. And and you know what? There's still a weekend left. There's still a formal announcement to be had. Um, there's still the reaction to that. Um, but yes, my brain implodes as well when I see people support police brutality on citizens unwarranted police brutality um and wave don't tread on me flags i i don't. and it's not an uncommon thing i mean you live in texas i'm not sure if you've seen it but here in eastern washington i mean spokane voted for uh president trump it was not uncommon here to see either on a vehicle or on the side of someone's barn or uh shop uh both a don't tread on me flag and a Trump flag and or a thin blue line flag. It was a very common thing. And to me, it just um, someone's getting something wrong there. Agreed. No, I have, you know, as you know, you know, we have, we have a, a home nearby the home <laughs> and, and, you know, that's in, in, in a rural area. It's 15, 20 minutes away from the little suburban area that I live in just outside of Austin. But that's, you know, that's country, country neighbors on all sides, big Trump flags everywhere. Don't tread on me flags everywhere. And, and no, I, I, I did see, um, a lot of that mixing of the philosophies, which is really interesting you know, back to personalizing the election a little bit. I'll, I'll share something here in Williamson County, which is the county that I live in. You know, we had a sheriff, Robert Chody, who made himself famous here the past several years um, with his participation in a show called Live PD. You know, he's somebody that, you know, my brother-in-law's parents, um, you know, when they come to visit, they're like, oh, do you know Robert Chody? And this is the county he's from. So, you know, he was somewhat of a local celebrity. And there, there were a lot of things within his department that, that, really, really were improper. Um, 
officers allowed to make racist posts, sexist posts, posts about rape without any kind of follow disciplinary follow-ups. Um, you know, there were a couple of cases where excessive force was used when the cameras were rolling and people died. There's a gentleman by the name of Javier Ambler from two years ago. Anyhow, long story short, that once upon a time, very popular sheriff was up for reelection. Um, he was indicted a month ago by the Republican DA here in Williamson County. And a, a former sheriff who now ran as a Democrat, Mr. Gleason, won handily over Robert Chody um, as a Democratic candidate. It was encouraging for me to see that my rural neighbors um, with very right-leaning you know, political beliefs, um, very vocal right-leaning political beliefs, saw through the corruption and said, uh, no, 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 that's not how we want our local police force to be trained and disciplined. We actually do believe in law and order, and we're going to prove it by voting out the Republican sheriff, voting in a new Democratic sheriff. And, and yes, we'll vote Republican, you know, the rest of the ticket on down, which is what I'm sure, what I'm sure most of them did. But it was interesting to drive through, you know, when we go out there and it's farms and barns and all of that and see Trump, Pence, you know, every Republican, every Republican banner that you could possibly have and dead smack in the middle of it, you know, see a Gleason for sheriff um, <laughs> banner. It, it, it actually encouraged me a bit to think, all right cool. They, they, they gave this some thought. They aren't with the corruption. They, and, and, and when it matters and it, and it really matters locally, cause you know, it's a relatively small County. Um, it's not, it's not a city, you know, by any means, small cities. Um, it, 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 it brought out the vote and, and the right person won, I think. And so, um, anyhow, you know, who really won during this election, Nick? Uh, psychedelic mushrooms and marijuana. You got it. A little cocaine is in there. They got a little action. Uh, you know, some of the stuff that I, you know, I'm not running out to Oregon to do oxys or heroin or, or cocaine because I don't do oxys or heroin or cocaine because they're not legal. I do them because they're not good for you, right? I don't do them because they're not good for you. Uh, making it legal won't make me do them. But there were several states, I believe five, that either decriminalized or made legal um, the use of marijuana. I thought that was a move in the right direction as far as policy goes. Now, I'm not advocating that everybody go out and get high all of a sudden. Um, you do what is best for you, but you should have the right to do that without fear of ending up, you know, in prison, right? And so I thought that was a move in the right direction. I would love to hear your thoughts on that, Mr. Hodge. It's a very libertarian cause, Gerardo. Indeed. Uh, no, it was good to see the stocks are up in step with that news and actually, um, you know, up more now that it looks like Biden is going to win to give that perhaps some federal backing as well, not just the uh, states. Um, yeah, there's multiple things to talk about. Um, you got to mention Portugal, I think, which has done for a number of years what Oregon has just now done in legalizing even the hard stuff and directing, um, you know, the funds towards rehabilitation instead of criminalization. And I believe that's a step in the right direction. I think uh, Portugal has proven that. And we'll see in time here with Oregon, which was also one of the first states to uh, legalize cannabis 
gosh, that was, I don't even know, Gerardo, that might have been six years ago at this point, um, a while ago. And um, so it's no surprise that they were the first ones to do it here as far as the uh, market is concerned. And we've talked about this on one or more of our 90-some podcasts at this point is that cannabis is going to be due for another round of uh, outsized investment returns as well because uh, we had the first boom and bust. The, the sector's now been shaken out. It's consolidated. The bad players have started to disappear. Uh, the debts have been reorganized. The oversupply is starting to be dealt with. Um, and, and really, you needed the United States to have some sort of wave of legalization because uh, 30 or 40 million Canadians aren't going to get it done, right? So you need that that 300 plus million people um, in the U.S. to drive that market. And I think that's uh, what's coming. If you uh, look at any of the charts from Afria to Aurora to, you know, some of the other big ones, they are just now starting to see uh, the ever slightest tick higher after a long uh, bottoming process. Um so-called wave surfers like Mr. Dines, right, are starting <laughs> to, to, to re-engage in the, in the cannabis sector and have been uh, looking for recommend, recommendations to make there. And uh, the psychedelic stocks are doing what the cannabis stocks were doing in 2015 and 2016. I mean, they're just absolutely ripping higher. And so uh, the promotions are coming out fast and fur- furious for those. And it's good to see, not just uh, as a libertarian and as an investor, but I think it's just the right direction in general, as far as um, at least for marijuana being a plant and and mushrooms being a fungi, as opposed to this uh, multi hundred billion or trillion dollar drug industry and the related uh, lobbying efforts and uh, some of the negative results and consequences of that as far as high drug prices and uh, on one end and addiction uh, on the other side with the pain pills. And so um, I don't know. I'm starting to meander now, but it's definitely a step in the right direction. And um, I've got my eye on a couple of cannabis stocks for sure. Interesting. You know what else didn't happen that President Trump told me was going to happen? He said, if the market thinks that Joe Biden is going to be president, your 401k is going to tank and the stock market is going to implode. And not only do I still have electricity, not only do people I know that are eligible still not have a stimulus, not only do I still not have a vaccine, all those things were lies. But stocks are up, yeah. But it turns out that Wall Street notched its best performance weekly since April. The S&P 500 and the NASDAQ jumped 7.3 and 9% respectively for the week. The Dow was up almost 7% for the week. The S&P posted its biggest election week gain since 1932. You know what was Ooh. happening in 1932? Uh, war was spreading across the globe, Gerardo. It wasn't fun. <laughs> it wasn't fun. But again, you know, the, the market reacted well. We got to get into gold. Um, you know, we, we talked last week about whether or not the consolidation was over. And man, what a week. Uh, gold closed at 1951. Silver's flirting with 26. It's at 2557. Copper. 314 a pound. Um, impressive, impressive performance. The juniors today and yesterday, finally, now that there's some clarity, um, started reacting. And I think the next week or two is going to be, it's going to be a, a, a heck of a week after, you know, what seemed like a very long consolidation. It was really only about five weeks or so. But percentage wise, you know, a lot of stocks that doubled and tripled and quadrupled 
pulled back 40 and 50%. And and we were overdue for it. We said it was time. Um, but it was good to see the turnaround. As stocks had had a rough uh, end of September, rough uh, October, if you remember, the, the S&P completed an inverse head and shoulders. The, the VIX spiked up dramatically. Uh, S&P sold off uh, headed into the election and the uncertainty that uh, everyone you know thought was going to happen, which was actually kind of right. I mean, it's still quote unquote uncertain, although we're, we're starting to get to the end of the tunnel there. Um, I think stocks up was a relatively easy call to make, although a lot of people missed it. I was writing in a weekly recap for Resource Stock Digest that, you know, let's get through this week. But ultimately, I think we see a return to the rise in, in stocks. Right. And and why is that? It's because um, the Fed is in control. Right. Fight the Fed. Um, that backstop is there. Um, and then you got the fiscal stimulus that's coming. And so. um the interpretation, I think, is that you're going to get bigger fiscal stimulus with a Democratic administration um, and perhaps even a, a Democratic uh, Senate. That 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 fifty-fifty. Uh, yeah, we have to talk uh, about split that. Is, is coming? Yeah, and so it, it's getting it's narrowing as well. And so, um, yeah, I think stocks up was a, a relatively easy call to make and the dollar um which we haven't mentioned yet it turned itself right around i mean it was threatening to go higher right that's what was putting pressure on gold why gold went to that support in the 1860s why the s p uh was selling off directly inversely correlated there right and um uh, after the seesaw night of of tuesday into wednesday and then when it became more clear that biden was going to be the favorite that dollar quickly backed off right and then what happened then well um the inverse happened stocks went up and, and gold went up and so um i know you were writing about the dollar this week because you're looking for that dollar up stocks up gold up melt up but that's it just hasn't materialized that way yet and Bitcoin up. Everything's played out. Oh, 15,000 Bitcoin for yeah, sure. Got to yeah. mention Bitcoin. Everything's played out perfectly with the exception of the dollar up part about it, right? And and I think, again, let's look forward a little bit. Um, we know copper is going to catch a bid. There are several large producers that you know are, are dealing with strikes. That's affecting supply. China's stabilizing because they got their you know, end of the virus under control and and, and they're back uh, to an active society, whether you agree with the politics or not, it doesn't matter. Um, GDP is going back up. Um, employment's going back up. Productivity is going back up out there. And so, you know, copper is going to catch a bid. Mr. Biden has a pretty aggressive plan for clean energy. And again, whether you agree or not with the policy, who cares? Let's make some money off of it, right? And the bottom I think line you is- need critical elements for that, Gerardo. Mm, critical elements and copper and uranium even. Um, you, you know, I, I, I think when it comes to the mining sector and, and the juniors that I, I, I speculate in, um, I think we're actually in for a better run than many anticipated. Um, because again, whether or not the Dems take the Senate, we're going to see a situation where there is only way out. There is only one way out moving forward. It's keep interest rates low, give the Fed enough stuff to buy because it clearly has run out of stuff to buy because there hasn't been enough fiscal stimulus. And then let's just get on with, you know, the death of the, do the dollar, which will happen eventually. But again, and I'm going to caution, I know I sound like a broken record. Watch for Europe. 
watch for, you know, coronavirus cases in this country and over in Europe. Now we have, you know, nationally mandated lockdowns in several of the largest countries in that zone. Um, that's going to affect GDP productivity. It's going to affect bank balance sheets that were already delicate. And again, it would not surprise me to see a bank blow up or something blow up over there um, that sends capital over here. And then, and then, you know, gold's going to have to prove its muster with a rising dollar. In the meantime, it seems like, you know, and, and we say it all the time, every time we think we have it uh, figured out, something changes. But for the next few months, it looks like we're in for a pretty good run in the gold space and the juniors. I, I'm i not sure if I agree with you or not. All the fundamentals are there. Like you say, there's every time you think you've got to figure it out, something happens, right? And so um, I reminded you to sell a little bit of stock a couple of weeks ago. I think you brought it up on this podcast. I sold a little bit of gold stock this week, just a tiny, 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 tiny bit. Um, now I immediately bought another gold stock, proceeds, but, <laughs> uh, but, but I was taking a little bit of gains off the table, right? And I wrote about it as much in, in, in my letter. And so, um, I think you still get a lot of volatility. Volatility was the main theme of my letter this week and not just volatility in the, uh, S and P, but volatility, uh, across the board, the, the NASDAQ looks weak. I mean, it, we had stocks rebound, but I'm not sure the, the tech stocks are, are, are going to do it. And so that could be the fuel for the for the fire, right? Some of these um, generalists or quote unquote Robin hoodies that are now seeing Barrick increase dividends. <laughs> Ag, Ag, Nico Eagle paying dividends, Kinross reinstating dividends. I mean, some of these dividends are getting quite juicy, right? When you're looking mm-hmm. at a, a negative interest rate world. And so I even find myself getting pulled in. I'm like, oh man, I'm going to try to lock in some of this yield. And so... Um, yeah, I can totally see a scenario where the the next three months is uh, very well for the for the gold sector. You know, I got to caution though a couple of things. Uh, one about the profit taking. Don't be scared to do that too. And I think we mentioned this last week or the week before is we got a lot of financings coming due. Mm. So I know not everybody plays in that space. Not everybody is in these uh, juniors. But if you are. Um, you know, look back three, four months in the news before you go establishing positions for some key dates to see um, when the company raised money and when the shares might be coming free trading, et cetera, because um, I think that's going to create some of these uh, some of the opportunities to harness the upside that we see coming. Right. Because um, let's face it, people sell stock, especially if they're up. And so uh, that doesn't mean that the whole sector is not going to continue higher. But that does mean there could be some selling pressure that allow you to. Uh, whatever, initiate or add two positions that you want. Let's get to a name that I think is a a, a heck of a trade in speculation right now and one that's been punished severely, um, which is why, frankly, we stayed away from it originally, and that's New Placer Dome Gold. They're, you know, 40-something holes into Kinsley Mountain. Assays should be due within the next week or two. I've been in touch with the company. Um, The assays I've been promised are... Um, starting to come back, but have been delayed because of the labs. It's not anything on their end or a lack of, of you know, uh, good results. They're not sitting on the results is what I was told. They're eager to put those out. That stock has pulled back over 50% in the last, you know, month and a half and now has a market cap of approximately 24 million. Now, an overview for those of you not familiar, it owns 80% of Kinsley Mountain, which has, you know, 500, 600,000 ounces of high-grade gold in Nevada. However, 
The drill program will likely consist of a total of 50 holes. You can expect assays between now and the end of February. A lot of high grade has come out of that in the past. If they're able to duplicate anything like what we've seen before, that stock is poised for a run higher. But let's be frank, the pullback happened because people took that initial financing from four months ago that just became free trading a few weeks back and absolutely demolished the share price by selling into it and just keeping the half warrant or warrant that was offered when it raised the capital it raised to go drill Kinsley. I say all that to say you may want to peek at that because if the results are what I hope they are because of my interest in Nevada Sunrise Gold and, 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 and you know, it owns 20% of Kinsley Mountain, um, that's headed higher quickly. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Another name that, 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 you know, Nick and I have been preaching about and talking about and encouraging people to look into, um, is Chakana Copper. Now I, I, I hoped to see results this past week. Um, as the week went on, it made zero sense to do so in an environment where everybody, exactly where everybody was watching the election. But the more I think about it, the more I think, well, it would be the perfect week if the assays were underwhelming. If results were not up to par, this would be the week to put those results out, right? Get them out of the way when nobody's looking. That didn't happen. So Chicana Copper is another one. And again, anyone that follows us, that, that, that speculates in this space, that follows me, I don't know how many alerts I've sent out over the past month encouraging everyone um, and, and sharing with everyone what I've been doing, which is adding to my position aggressively. But that is one to watch out for. I think we got some good news coming from Chicana. Um Nick, what are you what are you looking at? What are you excited about this coming week here? I'm year on a roll. I would have talked about the Chicana as well. I, I raised my buy under on Chicana to 60 cents and I was buying more probably something like three weeks ago as as well. Um I agree that you wouldn't put out um good results this week, even if you uh had them just because uh everyone is distracted and um, not paying attention and might not act on those results. And in that same uh, vein, no pun intended, I think that uh, Revival Gold has probably got some results coming out as well. Revival um, is also being capped at the, the dollar ten where it raised money at last, I believe. It's sitting at a dollar four, dipped even below a dollar. Um, and market cap wise, I'd have to make a click here to see what that translates to. But uh, $69 million, right, for, for 3 million ounces of gold going to five. And um, again, I forget where we talk about things sometimes, Gerardo, but I think we talked mm-hmm. about the Panther Creek uh, shear zone uh, on this podcast. And so uh, Revival has three rigs turning and I would expect results out soon there as well. Y'all are getting a lot of free information. You're getting your money's worth today, people. Um, should we give them one more name or should we leave it there? Um, I'm content to leave it there unless you, I'll just reiterate, let me make one more click. Uh, a follow-up from uh, last week would be that your free advice on East Side paid off $1.20 to $1.40 is, is good work from a free podcast. Agreed. So, so did the free advice on Magna, which, you know, as it, as it creeped down to the Correct. dollar level, I'm here, pop right back up to a dollar 25. And it's funny, I did an interview with INN um, last week and I tried to get cute. I knew the interview would take a couple of days before it was published. And so at the time the stock was trading at you know, 95 cents or 98 cents. And I, I anticipated it would ramp back up to that dollar 25, dollar 30 level, but I thought it would happen a day or two sooner than it did. And so when the interview came out, of course, you know, and I love it, because people hold us accountable and it's good. 
Um, you know, I talked about, you know, Magna being the next Magna and how, yes, we helped finance it at 10 cents, but it's still a heck of a speculation at a dollar 30. And I use that price point because I thought that's where it would be when the interview was published. Anyhow, it didn't happen. And immediately like the fourth comment down says the Magna price doesn't match with, um, what the gentleman in the interview say. And, uh, you know, I almost opined and commented, but I didn't want to set up a YouTube account and do all that. Um, but it's there now. So I was off by a few days. My apologies, everybody. But anyhow, yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of lot of runway there and, and lots going on. And it should be a fun end of the year. I think, uh, you know, I think there was there were two camps here in the past week or two. There was the camp that thought that the pullback would continue because of tax loss selling season. I didn't agree with that opinion. I thought it was a consolidation and that we were headed higher. And it appears anyway for now that 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 seems to be the case. Yeah, these these gold stocks look healthy, and uh, it's a dead horse when we start talking about you know support in the in the eighteen hundreds for gold, and that's a very high price, higher than we've seen in uh, years. And um, again. Um, it's an inning thing, right? It's a cycle thing. The cycle has started. The cycle is going to deepen and uh, develop, and that requires new investors to come in. And I think we're we're going to be starting to see that here. Agreed. Agreed. Did you see the news? Because it's twenty twenty, right? About the Hell Planet. I've seen a lot of news this week about killing minks and and all sorts of other stuff. I haven't seen the Hell Planet. So there is a planet, planet K2-141b. I'm not making this up. This isn't Elon Musk's kid's name. This is the name of the planet, as scientists have named it, um, that is hundreds of light years away. The oceans are made of molten lava. The winds reach supersonic speeds, and the rain is made of rocks. Scientists are calling to this bizarre hellish exoplanet as one of the most extreme ever discovered. Um, it has surface, ocean, and atmosphere all made of rocks. And so I found that to be incredibly interesting in a year that has been, to say the least, incredibly interesting. Temperatures on this planet reach over 5,400 degrees Fahrenheit. It vaporizes the rocks, creating a thin, inhospitable atmosphere, according to the scientists. So, yeah, um, I found that interesting. There's lots to lots to discover out there, apparently. And, of course, we discovered a hell planet in 2020, right? We got aliens, hell planet, you know, the works, the works. It's ran, out of, ran, out of, ran out of hurricane names. Yeah, global pandemic. I wonder if there's any vaporized minerals in uh that thin layer of atmosphere um sure we'll make a go at trying to get get it at some point if not somebody will do a probo about it (laughs) raise 10 million dollars right now (laughs) (laughs) nick what are you looking forward to here outside of the stock market back to the election here in the next week or two month or two obviously a formal decision and announcement but you know the, the senate race does have some consequences as far as the checks and balances that Joe Biden and his administration will Correct. have. Let me be absolutely clear. I am fortunate enough to be in a tax bracket where I don't want to see my taxes go up to extreme levels. I don't think much of what Mr. Biden has proposed is extreme, but I know it's perceived as that way. And if the Democrats take the Senate, 
and there isn't that check and balance of the right, you know, I, I can't say holding them accountable because they've blown out the deficit before this pandemic, to be clear. Uh, they were they, they were on a record pace. Um, but but I do believe that that, you know, having the Republicans in control of the Senate um, would be a healthy check that would provide for more dialogue. And so that that is a risk to the stock market if we want to talk major indices, right? If if there's a tax plan that's aggressive, if somebody like Elizabeth Warren comes on as Treasury Secretary, which, you know, she's got an excellent track record as far as holding financial institutions accountable, but you know, how far do you want to take that in a position that way? Um, questions that should be asked, right? We got to start asking these things and thinking about these things if we're giving people ideas on how to how to potentially make a dollar. Yeah, I would like a Republican uh, controlled Senate as well. I think the gridlock is the term that's emerging, right? And we like gridlock as uh, investors for the reason you mentioned. A Democrat controlled House and Senate would um, substantiate the fears that high net worth individuals had. Let's be frank. I mean, the 400,000 uh, income level was was being tossed around. And so um, as far as us. Mark, <laughs> what's that? Whoa, be us. Whoa, be us. <laughs> I, I, well, that's I mean, you still don't want uh, a higher percentage of your uh, income taken away, especially if you're uh, well, anyone would want a higher percentage of their income taken away. <laughs> but, you know, libertarian leaning folks who have a, a sour view of uh, income tax definitely are uh, opinionated uh, about that. And uh, it might temper the uh flow or expediency of nationwide cannabis agenda as well. So uh, might temper the the cannabis rise. But, um, you know, as far as other implications, you know, one thing I was thinking, um, Trump was very favorable to the mining industry. I mean, uh, he did several things, you know, uh, to help uh, speed up the the permitting process. Um, And so I don't see Biden coming in and doing that, especially, and I'm going to take it back to the critical elements, right? Because um, if you were smart um, and the Democrats were smart, they have an opportunity here to position uh, clean energy and some of those initiatives alongside domestic rebuilding uh, and things the other, quote unquote, other side likes, right? Like, Absolutely. Uh, Infrastructure. Mining. Mining jobs, exactly, right? And so, um, anyway, and I don't think I answered your question. I honestly don't spend a lot of time thinking about the uh, tax implications of uh, various regimes, right? I mean, um, by people that I hire to think about those things, right? And so I think more about the, the direct market implications. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, you, you know, the bottom line is Trump did a great job for four years of promising a lot of things, a healthcare bill. He was going to get rid of Obamacare and provide the best, most beautiful healthcare plan you ever did see Um, an infrastructure plan, trillions and trillions and billions and billions. And you know, all of that stuff, Um, jobs, shovel ready jobs. He was going to put people back to work. There were a lot of things that were promised that just, frankly, that's why I started the episode this way. They just never came to be. it was a hustle. It was a shell game. Let me just promise everything to everybody. And it culminated in him simultaneously preaching and urging his base of supporters 
to simultaneously argue in some parts of the country to count the vote and in others to stop counting the vote. And (laughs) if that's not coming full circle, I don't know what is, you know, other than what I mentioned earlier, him behind a wall he built with American taxpayer dollars, um, sitting there tweeting mad at Fox and, 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 and the most ironic part of this whole thing. And I'll leave it here is that I think because Fox was the first news organization to call Arizona for Biden, if Pennsylvania comes in, they have to call it formally for Biden. And it it, it may turn out, and this would be the most 2020 thing ever that Fox news is the first organization to call it for Joe Biden. Wouldn't that be something? It would be something. And it's going to have to happen relatively soon. I mean, I'm sitting here with the page open and you got, Georgia's at 99% now. Pennsylvania's at 98%. I mean, uh, the only reason, and I told you this before we started recording, to to not make the announcement today um, or declare it today is to spare the unrest into, uh, of the weekend, right? Well, everybody's, quote, not, not working. And so, um, yeah, I think this thing is, is in the bag as we speak. I like it. Nick, we talked Hell Planet, election results. Outcomes, things to look out for, a couple of free names to look at this coming week. Bitcoin, which is doing what it, you know, what, what frankly you called it. You said it was going to do back when it was 6,000. You said it was, it was headed back much, much higher. Um, I think, I think that was a solid, uh, solid hour of, uh, of back and forth. What do you think? You want me to put a lid on it? I think it's time. I think it's time to go see if uh, this thing's going to get called for Mr. Biden and see what the reaction is. I hope everybody is safe out there. I don't care if you're a Republican. I don't care if you're a Democrat, a Libertarian, straight, gay, heterosexual, homosexual, Jerry Falwell Jr., Ted Cruz, whatever it is. Stay safe. Be kind to each other. Um, I'm Gerardo Del Real. This was episode 93 of Bizarro World. Co-host Mr. Nick Hodge, say goodbye for us. See you, everybody.